0: I'm Michelle Orman, and this is The Couture Podcast. With his proud Italian heritage, artist Mattia Cello wants his eponymous brand to speak to a new generation of jewelry aficionados. His collection is his dream, and he wants to share his dream with the industry. Mattia is steadfast in his belief that fine jewelry is transcendent, that it represents unity, and that it is symbolic of human resilience and strength. At the time of our recording, Mattia had already been in lockdown with his family in Italy for five weeks, and yet his experience dealing with multiple crises in the past has only empowered him to continue in his mission to take his work a step further. He was also aghast at the suggestion that the pandemic may force Italy to relax its mandatory multi-week summer vacation this year, simply proving that the well-known Italian zest for life has not been diminished. Hello, I am here today with Mattia Cello, well, not actually here. Um, how are How are you, Mattia? Where Where are you? Tell me what's going on.
1: Hi, I'm in Italy, in Vicenza, my hometown. Lock up with my family for the last five weeks. Actually, I was one of the first to lock up. Yes. So, we are doing well. We are enjoying the family. They are all having schools. Luckily, their school are very organized. So they'll do school every day, and for the rest, we spend time uh, doing sports, studying, gaming, <laughs> cooking, A little bit of working, not much, actually, but more family stuff.
0: Well, that's great. I mean it's it's great that this is forcing you to to spend a lot of time with your family because I know you you travel quite a bit, correct? normally?
1: Yes. Quite a lot, uh, and this was is gonna be the first time I can stay with my son for his birthday because he was born June the third. Ah, <laughs> so it was he was very he is very excited.
0: That's great. And how old is he gonna be in on June third?
1: Elev- uh, he's eleven.
0: Okay, so and, he'll be twelve.
1: Uh, he's gonna be twelve. And uh is the IT manager of the of the family so he's arranged everything?
0: Yes, I saw that well, he set you up with this this microphone and and I'm glad that we can call on him if we have any technical difficulties.
1: <laughs> so, you know, here we have a we are lucky to have a garden. So we I was able to smuggle the table tennis uh, table from my parents house. Nice. The, the guy of the water He went to my mother pretending he's going to take her water and he smuggled the table tennis in in the (laughs) truck because (laughs) otherwise it would be impossible. Everything is uh, forbidden.
0: Oh, that's great. So do you have some really intense tournaments happening right now?
1: Yeah. And uh, you know, also what? Um, Board games. You know, the old board games? Oh, yeah. I love board
0: games. Yes. That's fantastic
1: we are lucky we are five so plenty, plenty. you've got a lot of players
0: what, what's your what's yeah. the go-to board game most frequently well uh, any of us as a as a
1: preferred one uh, my kids love uh, Monopoly mm. um, Risk I oh, think I is love the name I Risk it's
0: intense. then there
1: is another one that I like is Stratego I don't know if you ever oh, played
0: yeah.
1: it. It's one, one. Because I'm a chess player, so uh, I'm trying to take them to, to the strategy part. And then, you know, you find strange games now. There's new one called Azul.
0: Okay, that I'm not familiar uh, with that.
1: Yeah, it's Portuguese, and uh, it's all about little tiles, color tiles. So even my wife, this is a painter, can take advantage of it. Oh, cool. I mean... There are many. And if you check, you know, on internet, uh, uh, I am becoming addicted to YouTube, to to tutorials, how to do it. And even for that, you can find activities.
0: (laughs) I love that you're making use of the time. So speaking of your kids, I want to know what you were like as a kid. Where did you grow up and what what kind of a a kid were you? You
1: know what? I've been talking to my mother a little bit about this. And she told me, you know, Mattia, you were born in quarantine. Really? Yes, because I was at the university hospital, a technician. So she was working for researchers. And back then in the 70s, they were dealing with uh, isotopes, radioactive materials. So... Uh when she got pregnant, the, the professor, the, the boss of the of their of her office mm. decided to, to put her in quarantine for the last six months of her pregnancy for security reasons. Wow. Anyway, I I was born in Verona in quarantine, and um but my family is from Vicenza. We were living in Verona because of my father was still studying at university. And my father was working in Verona. My father was a semi-professional soccer player. Ah, So he was studying when I was born and they were in the early 20s. I'm the only child. I have no, no siblings. So I spent most of my childhood with them and with, uh, with their friends. Uh, you have to imagine that uh, we, I was raised in Verona during the crisis of the 70s. Mm-hmm. you know the oil crisis and my my parents were both uh, 18s in 68 so uh the hippie culture the feminism mm-hmm. and they were very open and i was taken all over the places always been uh, the the only child basically back then in verona uh, they were in the 20s and you have to remember that they got uh, 18, in 68 and 70. So they were all about hippie, hippism, feminism, they were traveling, and I was uh, just the little one traveling with them, almost li- like almost a little adult. Uh, otherwise, I would be sent to my grandparents in, in, the, in the countryside. So I think I've been sleeping in any of my uh Uncles and, and we I have ten uncles. Wow! And I've been I'm, I would say parked. I would be parked any place. So I got used to stay with very different people, uh, mostly adults. So that's why I wanted a large family because uh, you know I felt a little bit uh, lonely when I was a child. Mm-hmm. Although I, I had a great opportunity to go anywhere, stay with anybody. In, in those days. So they've been taking me uh, in vacation for, for my father's vacation was, you know, minimum six weeks in, in August. Mm-hmm. And so it meant uh, traveling in uh, Yugoslavia, in, in Africa, in Italy, all over the place uh, because they were sport, sport people. So they both were windsurfer in the 80s. And so we would travel from uh, Canary Island to Hawaii, and and I've seen a lot a lot with them.
0: That's fantastic! What a what a rich and colorful childhood.
1: Well, I, I mean, uh, I was very lucky. My father uh, came from one of the wealthiest uh, family of the of the little city where he comes from, and my my grandfather uh, was a a sort of mayor during the fascism, but then he was elected mayor even after. So it was a, a classical. You know, Godfather in the good way, you <laughs> say. And my, my father, that is the last of eight, have children, uh, told me that every Saturday, couples from all over the village would come to my father, because they, my, to my grand my father house to my grandfather, in order to have um, uh, to solve their fam- family uh, fights. So my, my grandfather would be helping them, telling what to do, and sometimes giving them advice or funding a job. I mean, he was very much in the community. He was uh, the chairman of the local bank. Uh, and so my my father had seen this enormous figure of the family, and he was the little one, so he never had the, the pressure of uh, his brothers that were overtaken by the I mean, this strong man, Mm -hmm. he was almost uh, his grandfather, I I would say. So in this village, uh, I felt always very protected and free to do any any experience. And everybody would know me and everybody know everybody. And and I was very lucky to live uh, in that kind of environment. But at the same time, my parents were very international, so I could have both worlds. And
0: yeah, that's great. And were you, were you always a creative?
1: uh, No, no, I would, uh, I wouldn't say, I, I think I'm a strange mix of uh, uh, my father and my mother point of view. Okay. And uh, let's say that my father is uh, the sky. In fact, our surname means sky in Italian. Mm -hmm. It was, uh, I got the, the dreamer from my father and the, the quiet um, point of view, very stable of my mother. So yeah. I always have been uh, in the middle, I would say, fighting both, <laughs> but uh, recognizing to be myself in the middle.
0: Well, it, I feel like with your, your, your namesake collection, I mean, that it does straddle both of those sides of your personality. I mean, it's, it's obviously beautiful and dreamy, but the technical acumen, and that's, I'd, I'd love to talk to you about some of the technology that you incorporate into your work, which is so unusual and so beautiful. The fact that you're able to, you know, create movement in pieces and create huge looks that are, you know, light on the body, um, you know, like, has your jewelry always had that that sort of avant-garde technical approach to it, you know, with these unusual materials that, that work in unexpected ways on the human form?
1: Well, uh, I would say that it was a, a discovery. Mm. Uh, as you know, I mean, my family comes from jewelry. Mm-hmm. So, Uh, Our company, the company that my parents, especially my father, founded in the 80s, is a company uh, more marketing-oriented. So we produce and sell jewelry between 100 to 1,000 euros to the public. So uh, let's say more or less 100 to 1,000 dollars. And it's very much market. Mm -hmm. And my father was uh, the genius of marketing taken to jewelry. Because his family, my grandfather, were wineries, so they will make uh, wines, but wine for mass market, and he was taking those kind of approaches to the industry. What I learned there is that uh, at the end of the day, the marketing is crucial, and marketing means listening to the public, to the consumer. Mm-hmm. So uh, we got to our design because... Uh, well, for a personal reason as well, uh, because w- once I met Katy, my wife, uh, it was very um, difficult to find a, a jewelry that could fit her mm. because the jewelry we were doing in the company were a little too, too classical and uh, not very special. And I found that in the industry, if you wanted to be special, you needed to uh, go for the stone. Mm. And that was something that I never accepted because that was a a project made by nature. Mm -hmm. So they maybe ends up in the National the um, Historical National Museum. But I wanted to produce something that could go to MoMA.
0: Mm. Ah, so that's a good so, distinction. So I try
1: to see what is really jewelry and to try to understand jewelry and in order to do so to represent uh, the contemporary lifetime instead of uh, all, always replicating the past. And that's, uh, that was forcing me to look uh, to our society, how it is today and try to interpret it uh, um, um, in line with this. Um, I started working on this project uh, in the early 2000. And once my father fired me for the first time, (laughs) I decided to (laughs) launch this project. So the question about technology... uh, the project was born between me and Max, a designer that works with me, mm-hmm. that is like uh, the brother I never had. Because uh, although we were born far away, we are very similar point of view on life and uh, very similar um, hobbies, uh, loves. I mean, he was a basketball player as much as I am. Uh, we have been raised with... Uh, American sci-fi movie and uh, Japanese uh, anime. (laughs) And for us, it was very important to represent our generation. And um, the idea of uh, uh, taking jewelry to the third millennium was uh, since the beginning, our message. Mm. I I was really uh, disappointed by the way the industry was going um uh, the replication of the replica and the copy of all designs mm-hmm. the bee the bees the flower the leaf what all they expect uh, is liberty Liberty is uh, 130 year old even the co is uh, o- already 100 year old mm-hmm. and we thought that we could say something for our generation And in order to do so, you need to understand your generation. Maybe I'm taking it very wide, but the point is always understand your public, understand uh, the ladies you are for, understand uh, your time. And this is time of uh, movement in space uh, with the globalization, movement in time with internet, everything is connected. So movement was uh, the inspiration, and and then you have to try to uh, design something uh, accordingly, representing in your roots. And I think that applying technology uh, to have movement could uh, take us to the next generation jewelry, because uh, we are on the move, ladies now are very different than in the past uh, and so we need to fulfill uh, their their aspiration of representing themselves.
0: Mm-hmm. So how did you discover the the technology? Well first of all how did you and it's it's uh, Max Bonoli? Bonoli, yes. yes. Um, what led you on this particular discovery with some of these materials? You know did you start at the at the end and work backwards from there? Like we need something that that moves and looks, responds like an armadillo. And then you figured out the technology behind it, or, you know, what was that process like?
1: Well, actually uh was very natural. Uh, the first jewel that I've done was uh, for my uh, girlfriend that now is my wife. Mm-hmm. And uh, creating, moving jewellery was uh, a way to go against all uh, the basic idea of jewellery. Jewellery normally is stiff, strong, uh, uh, to express uh, uh, power, but in in a very direct way. Mm -hmm. And uh, we wanted to to go against the metal. The metal is rigid and we wanted to move. So the first ideas were very simple, but we immediately recognized uh, Well, at at least my Cathy liked it, but even other uh, ladies started to appreciate it and I understood that there was a room, a space Mm -hmm. that nobody was fulfilling. Um, The the technology comes later. Once you have this in mind, you start to look around and we are very lucky because uh, North Italy, especially Northeast, is the a uh, cradle of uh, micromechanics, mm. uh, robotics. Nobody knows, but Italy is the second biggest producer of robots in the world. Uh, and and all made by small and medium, small size industries. So you are related with other entrepreneurs that have the love for the mechanics. And we were able to apply technology from aerospace, medical, or even, I mean, you know, here is where Ferrari, Ducati, mm-hmm. everything is done. And uh, working the material is a part of, or, uh, working the metal is part of the job. And maybe you know, but not, not everybody knows that Vicenza is not only the golden city of Italy. It is um, the capital of goldsmithing of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, other cities in Vicenza are known for, uh, uh, gemstones, but Vicenza is where, uh, technology met uh, with jewelry the first time, mm-hmm. uh, cause Vicenza is where, uh, production of machine for textile developed widely. Mo- a lot of uh, machine for textile was, de- were developed here in Vicenza in the late uh, uh, 19th century, and beginning of, of the 20th century. And the first machine to make jewelry that are machine to make uh, uh, chains mm-hmm. are basically a development of textile machine to go to mm-hmm. smithing. And if you ask anybody, they know that those machines are, uh, are made all in Vicenza, in, near Bassano. Some of the biggest chain makers are in ba- still in Bassano, around here. And so the tradition of applying technology to jewelry is well-rooted in Vicenza. Mm. And we are, we are simply taking it to another level and trying to apply technology from outside the industry, like our fathers
0: mm-hmm.
1: did 100 years ago. And some of the, of the most famous all the Vicenza company like, um, Chimento, for example, an example is the application of me- mechanical technology to, to go If you remember the Chimento of mm-hmm. the eighties.
0: Yeah.
1: but well, well, you know, I was raised with, was w- with that. I will go to Vicenza fair and visiting, uh, Cimento, the old Kimento factory and uh, uh, Damiani factory with all the, the emeralds. I mean, that the way I was raised. Mm-hmm. But you, you could see since there, Kimento being from Vicenza, uh, Damiani from Valencia, the two different approaches. Oh, yeah. So we try to apply that and to take it to the extreme. Of course, the armadillo that you have seen is the uh, extreme uh, movement and technology applied to one-of-a-kind jewelry,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but that's a, a thread, thread line that is all over all over the jewelry, but always for the aim of um, uh, reaching the the aspiration of our of our ladies. And I hope uh, that we are doing well for them. At the end of the day, uh, jewelry is very. Uh, personal
0: mm-hmm. and
1: in a way that fashion will never be
0: oh yeah oh yeah well and I guess one of my one of my questions for you prior to what you just said was you know when I think of Italian jewelry you do th- I mean this is the the birthplace of of jewelry and goldsmithing like you said and um, so I was going to ask you what makes your jewelry so distinctly Italian, but I guess you just answered that question because I'm they've proud. been at the forefront of movements for centuries. So you're just that next, not just, but you're that next movement into the next century. It's very cool.
1: Well, you know, uh, be st- stand up to the expectation to your past uh, is a can be a duty not easy to fulfill Mm -hmm. and it's very important that you find your your destiny your mission Uh, and i think that being italians oblige us to have this kind of long-term vision i always appreciated the american ability i mean the ability of american entrepreneurs Entrepreneurs to make a company, sell it, go somewhere else, make another company totally different, sell it, and, and go on. And in Italy, you couldn't do that because it's rooted inside us the idea of uh, uh, you know uh, heritage. Mm-hmm. But but I hate when the industry consider heritage only the replica of the past.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I tell you a story. I was in Singapore uh, at a Formula 1 Grand Prix Grand Prix Grand Prix, Grand Prix event mm-hmm. uh, at my at a client of mine and uh, you know Singapore ladies are super sophisticated. Their houses are ones one of the best in the world and this lady Came to us and she, she, we were looking at some of my pieces, and of course they were trying to negotiate the price, mm-hmm. and bargain because it's, I mean, is beyond their uh, their will to do that. It's part <laughs> of the culture, <laughs> and so uh, she was uh, taking me some of her jewelry, some uh, French name. Uh, I I wouldn't say the name. Mm-hmm. Uh, wouldn't be polite. So a French jewelry brand with this big uh, flower with all the stone, oh, very well set it. Mm-hmm. And uh, she wanted me to use some of those stones, but she couldn't understand why I should be, uh, um, should be so costly to make uh, technological jewelry where it was not all about the stones. hmm and uh, but I could see that she was ap- she was appreciating it, but at the same time she would stand with those o- those flowers. Mm-hmm. And I asked her, excuse me, madam, but in your house do you happen to have uh, some uh, piece of uh, furniture from uh, the 18th century French uh, period? And she said, of course, I have this fantastic trumeau. It uh, is a baroque and. And after she was uh, explaining to me, I asked her, but is it original from then or a reproduction of it? She stared at me and told me, oh, Mr. Cello, how dare you (laughs) think I can have a a copy of a furniture of of the 18th century. And I said, you know what? When you buy now a jewelry with a leaf that represents the liberty style, it's like copying a, a piece of furniture. Mm. So uh, being able to go beyond the represent this time is not easy because it means that you need to be a little bit erratic.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But if you're not a little bit erratic, you cannot uh, improve what you're doing. And uh, since uh, we have uh, the luck to have uh, to come from this industry, we have also the duty to take it a step further. Mm-hmm. And um, this is how we say in Italy: you are, you have to carry your name, the name of your family, in order for who comes after you to start from a little bit higher level. Mm-hmm. And uh, and this is uh, a lot about the Italian way and the Italian approach. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm proud of it. And uh, by the way, I couldn't do differently because yeah. uh, once you you uh, you come from here, you you come from a, a liberal environment, but uh, with a taste of communism because. <laughs> As you might know, this country was uh, developed uh, after the Second World War with the two things inside, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, the largest communist party outside the USSR and the larger US army installed in the country. <laughs> but there was a, a with the, within that, a spice of uh, Catholicism and uh, Classical skepticism.
0: (laughs) What a combination!
1: Yeah, a combination where you take everything very seriously, but at the same time, you don't really trust everything. You know, you (laughs) always have the dub in this melting point of point of view because you cannot, you cannot but listen to different points of view, and they are all seems to be the perfect one, but then. (laughs) <laughs> it's difficult to totally believe in any of them, and uh, when I see uh, America evolving now with the two points of view being so one against the other, I totally recognize Italy of the seventies and the eighties.
0: Mm, very interesting. But our our, yeah. our wine and and chocolate and coffee are just not as good, and will never be. So.
1: <laughs> well. U.S. is the mar- is the I mean the the, the empire of mass market. Mm. So everything is big. If you ask my kids, they wanna they wanna have a coffee in Starbucks. Yes, this is. They wanna go to McDonald's.
0: <laughs> I did notice your son when he was coming over to do the IT work. He was wearing a Levi's T-shirt. So can't get more American than that. Um, well, so speaking of going a step further. You recently (laughs) collaborated with the French photographer Seb Janayak. I'm sure I'm obliterating Seb Janayak? Yes, thank you. Seb Janayak. Who is very avant-garde. And I'm just wondering what made you choose to um, collaborate with him, and you know your your campaign is so avant garde and it's so provocative and um, very unusual. Again, not what we typically see. Um, so, can you explain the the you know the evolution of, of forming that that partnership collaboration? Yeah.
1: Well, let's say that uh, uh, we share the same roots in sci-fi and sci-fi and anime. Yeah. As with Max, um, his vision of the future human being and the women is very interesting and in line with our point of view. And I think si- since we are uh, entitled or we, we have the duty to evolve the industry, we need to stop reproducing the past. Also from a, a communication point of view, mm-hmm. we need to be relevant Mm-hmm. Meaningful. Uh, I hate uh, politically co- politically correctness. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, Tony that works with me in US, uh, when I give interview or talk to the public, is always anxious because uh, I I can go even beyond. Believe <laughs> <the> it. <laughs>
0: he wants Sometimes. to be there to temper you.
1: <laughs> yeah, because you know, is the difference between um, the Italian or Latin approach to the Anglo-Saxon. And uh, at the end of the day, um, human relationship are not uh, politically correct. Mm-hmm. So, we, in order to go beyond conformism, uh, we need to find a, a point of view that is somehow original. And again, the word erratic. And uh, uh, I would say that Seb, that is uh, an incredible human being with a a, a story that is unbelievable, Uh, his personal story with with his difficulties, but is uh, kind and sweet. And at the same time, he has this vision of the future of uh, what he calls the the fusion women, the liquid women, Mm. the liquid humankind. It means that for him in the future, there will be a melting, a fusion, of gender, hmm. of uh, um, man and machine, so that liquid fusion represented perfect, perfectly what we had in mind.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I don't know if it is a, a case, a ch- for for a case, or because we are both living the same world, interpreting in the same way, mm-hmm. and being here in Italy and. Also in France, where uh, the I mean the the social approach was very was very important and very much uh, rooted with Japan somehow, allowed us to be in the middle of uh, um, the globalization, the melting society, and uh, this gave both of us the same uh, point of view regarding. Uh, I think the, our society and how to represent women. Then he's is an artist, so you. I mean, I couldn't. I, I didn't discuss with him much. I I ask uh, Seb, please represent, if you can represent my jewelry, and he was very happy because he doesn't do any more commercial, mm-hmm. but he got in love with the project, with the philosophy, and we started to work on this project. Six years ago. Wow. Uh, and we were almost uh, ready to go. And then my father fired me for the second time. <laughs> really, this is not a joke. And because family business is not only roses, uh, there are also also tones. So he fired me, I have to put it in on older. And uh, I was really, I, I was sure that he wouldn't never talk to me, Seb. But once uh, my father retired four years ago, no, that was eight years ago. So four years ago, well, times fly. Uh, once my father retired, uh, I was thinking of calling him back. But it was, I was a little bit shy because I, I knew that, I mean, uh, I prepared something that and I let it go. But once I called him, he was super happy to to do it again. Okay. So I I flew to to Paris because he cannot move. Uh, we prepared it in, in a month. We had, we did that and the way he realized it, uh, without technology, but mostly on live with a lot of gel on the model. I mean, is. Uh, he does all in his apartment, and there were there was a gel gelatin all over the place. <laughs> and wow, he's, he's he's an artist, and uh, I was uh, very proud, very proud that he did this for us. And uh, because uh, being uh, an entrepreneur nowadays, a jeweler, means that you need to find a professional. Uh, Competences, mm-hmm. abilities. Um, I studied finance. Okay, I was a, a mathematical geeks. I spent after university, I left uh, the home. My father offered me a job, but I decided to go to London, work in a little bank, then in Spain, because I was scared that uh, this um, obligation of working in the family business, that is fine from one point of view, but can be very, uh, I, would, I would say, uh, high pressure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I studied totally different things. So I couldn't be also a perfect pencil for my jewelry. Mm-hmm. With Max, I found somebody able to represent in real my point of view. Mm-hmm. And Seb was able to represent in an image, our vision of uh, a woman and we take advantage of the, the best goldsmith master in Italy to mm-hmm. realize our jewelry because although they seem to be machine made for their per- perfection they are all made by hand so all those mechanisms made in microfusion meant very difficult techniques in um, uh, cooling down the metal, mm-hmm. making it elastic, more rigid and you can only create a uh, um, you know masterpieces on the shoulder of giants. They were there before you, mm-hmm. and giants that works with you. And I hope uh, that we will. Ha- I will have the luck to meet other people like these ones because, like that, uh, sky's the limit.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and and so now that your father is retired, hopefully you won't continue to get fired. By him over and over. <laughs> no, I cannot do, do it anymore. So, but now. you're you're actually the the CEO of um, it's cello Vincenza. Cello Vincenza. Okay. Cello um. So you know you said that that's you know much more mass market. Um. It's, you must have to take a very different philosophy and your approach to that um, business versus yes. um, your eponymous collection. Um, so, can you explain the the difference and and how do you kind of, I don't know, like that juxtaposition? It seems from what you've described and the research that I've done, it seems very far afield the two different aesthetics. So, how do you you know kind of bridge that that gap as a as okay. a business person? Yeah.
1: Mm, let's say that my first job in Cello Venezia uh, was uh, in. 2001 another crisis moment okay. actually my all my life was throughout crisis
0: <laughs> you were born in a quarantine yeah <laughs> in na- in 92, next i want to find was... out what was happening with you in 2008
1: <laughs> yeah I, I let you know okay let's say let's start from there that is fun in 92 when there was the great uh, uh, crisis of uh, lira and, uh, and pound mm. in italy so we risk to go bankruptcy the, uh, the italian economy is when i decided to do finance for mm. that reason <laughs> because giancarlo kimento the owner of kimento was a fr- family f- a friend of a family friend and he was a geek of uh, investing in, in finance so he took me there in 97 when i moved to london there was the the tiger meltdown mm-hmm. the crisis of the far east economy
0: mm-hmm.
1: and in t- 2001 uh i entered the, com- the company of my father my father got scared by the situation because i mean economically it was was very difficult and so he he stepped out from a day to another and so i had to run uh, the company in peril waters i mean that was very difficult we had to lay off people and when they tell you you're gonna be um you know entrepreneur they told you about the, the, the easiest part, mm-hmm. but they don't tell you that you will have to face people that have been working with the family for long and you have to lay them off yourself at 27 and uh, finding money in banks that don't want to give money to you, mm-hmm. finding a way of cut cost. So for me, that was uh, the way I started working in the company. And, and there you learn the humbl- humbleness of... Uh, running a company. I have great respect with salespeople, but also with managers that run company in difficult times, like like would be now. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So uh, my father was a marketing genius. Uh, He has created so many blue oceans in the industry in Italy that I cannot even count them. So uh, he was taking marketing-oriented company in a very product-oriented industry. And what I'm trying to fulfill now is to start it all over again, applying marketing. Okay, he did it instinctively. Uh, uh, okay, I'm doing it more rationally. Mm-hmm. I've taken uh, uh, people from PNG to the jewelry industry because I believe it's possible to do marketing, in mass market marketing, properly mm-hmm. instead of only relying on the carat weight, mm-hmm. like. Uh, Many in the industry do, and and this is even easier for me that I'm a rational man. Mm-hmm. I'm putting together a great team that is able to to fulfill what my father started. And you know, uh, you you already understood that my relationship with my father was not always easy. Really, <laughs> I, I was I was fired. Uh, Uh, Three times, actually. (laughs) But he hired me back uh, four times, so I'm still uh, on the the right side. I feel
0: like your father and my father should meet. My dad would have no problem firing me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but now I'm the major shareholder, so it's not going to happen again. (laughs) But my father was my hero, my brother, because he was uh, only 20 years older than me. My fierce, fearless judge, my beloved enemy. Mm-hmm. So, uh, for me, uh, having the chance to take on what he did is uh, like uh, watching myself in a mirror, doing finally something that he would be proud of. Now he's uh, out of the company, he's no more involved, uh, but uh, uh, is uh, my Italian part, my rooted part. Mm-hmm. Mattia Cielo project uh, is more the dream that I try to take to the industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, they are very useful for me because uh, as you can see, I study a lot. If I, if I, uh, I, I had another job, I would be anthropologist. I love to study people, to study philosophy, mathematics. So having these two different job allowed me never to be, to get bored. Although it's difficult because uh, uh, with Cello Venezia, we sell ni- 99% in Italy. Mm-hmm. With Maria Cello, 90% abroad. So um, especially in crisis time, you are cut enough. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very useful to have the two point of view. And I think iron jewelry should learn much more from, from marketing, uh, specialists Mm -hmm. because uh, listening to the public, to the consumer is always the key issue. And sometimes uh, we work too much for the product, for Mm -hmm. the so-called design and, uh, and not uh, for the consumer Mm
0: -hmm. because
1: we, we forget that design doesn't mean, um, Mm esthetic Uh, design is designed if it has a, a meaning mm-hmm. a direction, a aim. There, there is no design for the sake of design. Mm-hmm. And marketing help you to focus the design in the direction you want you want to go.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, And in mass market, you learn it the day you play the, the first day you play the game. Mm. Because uh, feedbacks are straight and forward, and uh, the consumer is more numerous, so you have feedbacks every day, hundreds of feedbacks. But that that is what also I want to take to I&Jewelry: mm, the habits to think uh, from a marketing point of view in order to give design a meaning uh, beyond itself. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the yeah. answer was no, that's, complete. No, that's
0: really, no, it's, it's very, it's very interesting. And I feel like a lot of people could learn from, you know, the lessons that you're, you're privy to and in, in running that, that other business. Um, well, so traditionally in Italy, we all know that the Italians shut down the entire month of August. Um, you know, speaking of the of the Italian philosophy, um, you know, you you all know how to enjoy life. I mean, that's um that's the reputation that you that you have. So, you know, typically the entire month of August, Italy is closed for vacation. With the current situation. What with you, you know, you've, you said you've been on lockdown for what, eight weeks now? Uh,
1: five weeks. Five but it's going to be eight weeks uh, overall when we open in May.
0: OK. And that's assuming that we're all I mean, I hope that that's um that that's yeah. true. Um, so, do you think that if people had enough vacation, <laughs> and not so to speak, vacation? Notice the air quotes. Um, uh, how do you think that this current you know situation and an eight week lock eight week lockdown is going to affect this typical summer shutdown of vacations?
1: Okay, nobody touches our location, so <laughs> we will find a way to vacation away. <laughs>
0: I wasn't trying to, Matthias. Sorry. (laughs) No,
1: no, no. This is serious stuff. Uh, But no, I agree. The situation might change it a little bit because Mm -hmm. even going vacation is going to be difficult for us. We are very social community. So going vacation to be alone is not going to be vacation anyway. Mm Uh, but we have uh, to fulfill our duties. We will find a way, always we find a way. Normally it's the last minute, but we, in Italy, we're always able to make it happen somehow. Uh, Clearly the problem is that uh, many small companies will not survive. And this is the case all over the world. Mm -hmm. Uh, Winner take it all, all over the place. So, is going to be very important for the larger company to sustain uh, uh, the little supplier. Italian production is all about uh, uh, the value chain. Mm -hmm. The production chain is divided in small specialized activities like uh, in uh, in the Florence of the Renaissance time. So uh, we cannot lose any of the pieces of Mm -hmm. of the chain. Uh, as uh, one of the major companies in Italy we are trying to do so as well Look, running cielo Venezia mean, means also having a responsibility to keeping uh, the situation stable luckily in the last four years since uh, I took charge and we hired a manager from outside the industries uh, people expert in crisis management uh, in generational transition and they are even more uh, useful now Mm. So we did our own work in the last four years. We are luckily uh, from a cash point of view in a super condition <laughs> were we were ready for acquisition. but I suppose we will use that cash differently mm-hmm. since the situation. Uh, but uh, who knows how it's going to end. Uh, the pandemic uh, will end and, uh, and we will start all over again. Always happen. Mm-hmm. It's not the first time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, first, we have to survive. So health before everything. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then um, I learned a lot from my experience in finance. In this situation, you need to keep cool. Keep cool. Um, you need to hibernate a little bit. Find a way to reduce costs, uh, Hibernate the company mm-hmm. um, because uh, you can learn a lot from the past crisis. I remember 2008. Uh, I did my uh, I launched my company in 2007, <laughs> and uh, I came to Couture in 2007, and I basically had only one visit. Uh, uh, no, no, two visits in the booth. Okay, one was uh, seven. Seven Bichaki,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that uh, he told me that he voted for me at the Kutura Award and I told <sighs> him that I was, I had voted for him. <laughs> and the so other sweet. one was, uh, was uh, Abby from Bird of Goodman. Mm-hmm. So I started 2008 super excited, excited because uh, I was starting in Bird I mean, the dream place for me, I've been visiting the store when in my youth and for me it was the dream place. Yeah. And I started uh, the se- second and third week of September two thousand eight. Wow! From my, from my hotel in in Times Square, there was Lehman, oh. and uh, I mean, yeah, I, don't, I don't know, I don't know if you remember the building. Oh, they I had do. all lighting outside, mm-hmm. so. I went to bed one night with lemon signs all over the place, and then I, they, they, I woke up in Barclays, Barclays <laughs> Bank. So that was my start. But there are no more opportunities that in crisis, mm-hmm. because uh, we need to to go against uh, the stream. We need to be erratic, and there are no better opportunities for analysis than in changing times. Uh, so we have to learn this way to behave from past crises. Mm-hmm. This is how. What to do, you, you don't know. Yeah. Because this is the essential of crisis. What to do, you will know day by day. As long as, as things goes on, mm-hmm. so you need to be keep cool, your mind cool, uh, to be prepared for. In it, in Italy, we say traversata nel deserto. Uh, I don't know if it's similar in English. That is a, a desert uh, walk. Mm. So we have a, a walk throughout the desert. You have to prepare, so freeze the cost. You have to be able to reach on the other side alive from financially point of view but you have to keep cool because the opportunity will open in front of you it's just that you don't know which one yeah so uh that is going to be also a matter of chances and luck uh, but i mean this you cannot control my father always told me what you control you care what you don't control don't care Mm
0: Well, it's, it's excellent advice. And I'm just hoping that you don't charge me for this therapy session later because mm-hmm. you're, <laughs> um, well, and I, I know that you are fighting in your household for um, uh, the Wi-Fi connection. So I don't want your teenage daughter to get angry with me. Um, but one thing I, um, the you know. Lastly, I'd like to ask you just you know you you've got a kind of a jump start on the perspective in terms of Italy going into lockdown prior to the United States and New York City, um, but what do you feel like you've learned in this experience? You know. The, that you're going to bring with you afterwards? I mean, hopefully a love of board games and um, yeah. you spending time with your with your family, but do you feel like anything's going to really, let's say we're up and running, everything's normal. Do you think, are you going to slow down your travel a little bit? Uh,
1: well, uh, traveling was going to be difficult. It's going to be very difficult in the future, but uh, the way uh, Couture was uh, managed in the last, uh, I think already 10 years by Ganon mm-hmm. was uh, so, More close to the needle to the market. Mm -hmm. Um, That shows how much is important to listen to your market, Mm -hmm. whatever 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 it is. So we have to learn that this is gonna happen, especially in these situations. So uh, we have to take uh, the opportunity. So don't Mm -hmm. miss this excuse to change yourself. Mm-hmm. Now you are excused yeah. to make a change. <laughs> so what are you waiting for? Yeah. Something that you know, you knew that you were supposed to do, you only do it in these situations. We are habits uh, animals. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's difficult to go against our habits. Mm-hmm. It's difficult because uh, there are a comfort zone that we like to be in, so uh, it's gonna be a big shame and a pity not to take advantage of a situation where changing habits is so easy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. One. So uh, this is something that, uh, again, well, my father always told me, it takes you a month, repeating every day, to change an habit. Mm. But in some situation, it might take a moment. So save yourself time, effort, and money and do it now. Um, This is what we are discussing with our team now. And uh, to find different way to do what we always have been doing like that.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And um, it's going to be a waste of a crisis if we don't do it.
0: Yeah. I, I agree, and I really appreciate that perspective. It's very, um, it's very empowering to see the opportunity.
1: And, and then, you know, America, for an Italian guy, for Italian uh, kid of the 80s, mm-hmm. America is the dream place, still the, the dream, the land of the dream, of the opportunities. <laughs> So for me, having the opportunity to to come there, do my PA's visiting, Mm -hmm. and then maybe taking advantage of uh, a trip to Borsheim to visit uh, Nebraska University where Penny of uh, um, uh, Big Bang Theory was going to university, (laughs) is a chance to, you know, (laughs) <laughs>
0: do something different. Your your, um, your knowledge of American pop culture and sports is is something you're well known for. What do you what do well, you attribute that well, to?
1: You know, me and Max sometimes we call ourselves the dynamic duo. <laughs> you know, but not Batman and Robin, <laughs> uh, Lauren and Hardy, <laughs> or Flash and the King that are lebron and wade for the (laughs) the
0: you're out you're out americanizing me mattia (laughs) (laughs) all right well again i don't want to to make anyone in the cello family upset with me because we had to take your wi-fi so thank you very much for taking some time to talk to me
1: i was a very happy to talk to you and a big hug, electronic hug to everybody <laughs> listening. We are a species of uh, relationship mm-hmm. and always remember that uh, it's not true, that there is not, uh, uh, the, the jewelry is uh, an accessory. Mm-hmm. The, the speciality of humankind beyond, or respect the other uh, species is only that we are able to do things together. Mm-hmm. If you think we are not stronger faster than any other, we are only this great ability to do things together in billions. And jewelry has no other meaning that uh, the value that humankind gives to it. And the the most of its use is to have a symbolic value to create a relationship. Creating a relationship means keeping people together to share and to act together. So uh, I think that is one of the most important artifacts that humankind have ever made. So don't underestimate your job. If you do it with the point of view of whoever needs it to fulfill uh, his relationship. If you do it just for the raw material, one day you will disappear. But you, if you really take care of the relationship that people want to create throughout the jewelry, you are more important than, than the air sometimes. So... Uh, I, I want to give this message because uh, uh, we think we we are in the luxury and so in the world of dispos- disposable. But it, it, it's totally untrue. People buy fashion to represent themselves for a the season, to show up. But when they buy jewelry, they buy it as a, a, a generational purchase because they want to use it to represent themselves in the long term, in the ancient tribes they were using uh, um, teeth of uh, sharks or of a lion to give a message mm-hmm. inside the community to be part and to be apart. So, if we live in this way, uh, our industry we will see that uh, it will never disappear because always. Humankind will need a message of uh, unity somehow. And this is the way I like to think of what I'm doing. And I think that uh, uh, in this moment is very difficult because of the same reason. We are kept apart. Keep being kept apart is against our nature. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be tough, long. Uh, I hope that the technology helps us keep together, and uh, and having the chance again to meet each, o- w- each o- with each other every year in Las Vegas is always a way of touch each other, hug each other, uh, share a drink uh, at the Tower Bar. <laughs> I mean, that's that's something that uh, keep us uh, alive. As much as uh, uh, food, I think. Yeah. So uh, I think that uh, we need to fight to go back to what we are made of.
0: And, and we uh, will. Thank you for that,
1: Mich- Michelle. Uh, thank you very much. A Big hug and a big kiss to everybody. Uh, arrivederci a Las Vegas.
0: Thank you for listening to The Couture Podcast. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts.